welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In today's episode, we connect with Derek Cobb, a man who sews. You can tell we are fans of his work and love his friendly vibe, transparency about his business model, and enthusiasm for co-creating beautiful accessories from upcycled materials. We're confident you'll be inspired to consider the infinite possibilities before tossing a garment, an old bag, or even a couch. Enjoy! Transform business, change the world. That's the Tory Project's mission. If you're concerned about environmental degradation, social injustice, or the shredding of our democracy, check out Tory Project. This exciting new organization teaches entrepreneurs how to build highly profitable businesses that also act as a force for good in the world. Follow Tory Project on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and check out David J. Farron on LinkedIn to watch his videos designed for first-time founders and entrepreneurs. Sign up to join their next boot camp or volunteer to help out at www.toryproject.org. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who is our guest today? We have Derek Cobb, a man who sews. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> Woo, thanks Welcome. for joining us. Um, everyone, look up on Instagram, a man who sews. It's the most satisfying Instagram account watching Derek make his goods. And you'll also see um, information about the individual business who connected us with you, our friend Graham at Elevate Barber. And that's how we were connected with you for our Runway to Regeneration event series last year, which 2020 COVID times was also. (laughs) I know that. How do you know, Graham? I forgot. We actually went to high school together, so we uh-huh. go way back. <laughs> we go way back, and that's like, um, I mean, he used to live literally maybe like four blocks from me, so I was at his house, or he was at my house, you know, for some years, and uh, we just became, you know, brothers from another mother. <clears throat> that's my guy right there. Biggest biggest it. supporter, biggest fan. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm his fan. I'm at his shop. He's my only barber. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go, you know, I can't go to somebody else. And if he has any custom things that he needs made for him or his family, I'm his guy. So, you know, we just bounce, bounce it off each other. Well, speaking of your childhood friends, tell us about where you were raised, how you were brought up and, and how that became a man who sews. I was raised in San Diego, born and raised. Uh, I grew up all over. I bounced around a lot. I <clears throat> uh, went to a bunch of different schools, met a bunch of different people. And worked a bunch of different jobs, which led me to uh, taking an upholstery class. And that's what led to becoming a man who sews. Uh, I did my first first day of the class. I sewed and, you know, I was scared. Never been in front of a machine and stuff like that. I'm like, oh. And, you know, quickly got over that. Enjoyed it. Learned there's a lot of therapeutic uh, properties for it for me. And, you know, just embracing the creative side. I was never really raised on like drawing, paintings, and I guess that creative form of expression. Um, but as I dove more into sewing and materials and seeing the process and enjoying it more, I've, it's my life now. <laughs> I, I don't see it taking a, a left turn anytime soon. And, uh, you know, I just I just love it. I, I really embrace it. I'm very hands-on type of person. And only person in my family who's similar to that is my papa. And he was like, yeah, you get that for me because I was always taking things apart. My dad was like, why did you do that? You just bought it. I'm like, it's meant to be taken apart. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, now I actually get paid for it. So 
nobody can complain about it anymore. <laughs> right. Why did why did you take the first upholstery class? Was it for a job or like school? I got tired of other people's jobs. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was I'm always the type of person. Uh, I was always looking for the next thing. You know, like I never found a career per se. I was always just like this. This is good. This is money. This is now. I've learned a lot. Um, but where or can I take my skills and develop myself continually? So I tried that. Got into it. And I guess it was like a super packed program. A lot of people wanted to be into it. And I just saw it as an opportunity to what I now know as the word entrepreneur. Before I never understood that word. I was just like, you know, seeking for the next thing. What, how can I become my own boss? And how can I get out of this nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, spiel? And thankfully I did, you know, it's a huge leap of faith. Honestly, it's just, just trying something new. A lot of people get stuck in the mindset. Oh, this is good. This is good. But sometimes for me, I just got to, I got to bust out of that. I got to try something new. And thankfully I did, you know, it led me to this and only, only up from here. I love it. And so when you're in that class, I guess, did you, was that when you're like, oh, I want to do this and make money? Like uh, I can make so a career that, out of this? Yeah, yeah. In that class, I actually had five custom projects. I had never, you know, I was like, what? Really? People want to pay for this stuff? You know, it was like one of those things. And obviously we get into stuff because of money, but also like the enjoyment of the process. So I enjoyed the process and I was like, man, people will really pay for this. I was like, okay, so let me just, let me just try. Right. Granted, I'm still working two jobs. I'm still doing other stuff. Uh, Besides this, this wasn't a main focal point. Um, But it came to a point where I was making more money at, on my side job, this sewing as my regular job, you know, I'm getting paid cash way more than what my check was for two weeks. I'm like, you know, this, this gotta, this gotta stop. I can't keep half-assing it and I have to really dive into it to embrace it, live it, be it, feel it and grow it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an art Yeah, and it's a craft. And I think that there's a lot of people out there. I mean, as you know, obviously who will pay for yeah. that and they appreciate it, oh, yeah. respect yeah. it. And uh, so how did you go then from, from taking a class starting, like, how are you finding customers? Were they finding you? Like, how did this, you kind of start to monetize this? I think what I got a few people and obviously I was posting on Instagram and um, my girlfriend at the time, she had, her mom had a fabric business and customers would come in and ask for, Hey, do you know anybody who does upholstery? And I started taking on little jobs, you know, it was just, I didn't want to do anything crazy and stuff like that. So I just little by little started telling my friends and, um, it just started, just started picking up, you know, honestly, there's no secret to success here. It was just, I'm wearing my product. I'm a believer in my product. You know, my friends, I'm just trying to like, Hey, you know, Hey, you want to buy this bag or anything like that? And I was just doing like the craziest things as far as like colors, contrast and fabrics, just to stand out. And I wasn't doing it to like, I guess at the time I didn't understand like, oh yeah, a lot of people is going to come and eventually it'll turn into a business. But I was like, oh yeah, I think this looks good and let's just try it out. And it just kind of just, you know, snowballed from there in the best way possible because now I have, you know, pretty much hundreds of customers all around the U.S. I have products. I'm not huge by any means, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, far from where I came from. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. that's why we're so attracted to you. Yeah. Uh, 
I mentioned we, we met you through um, Brian. We know Brian yeah. from uh, the Tory Project, which yeah. anybody that listens to our podcast knows. Uh, how yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are. <laughs> yeah. And getting to know your business has been um, really inspiring. And a question that's always been on my mind is how did you come up with the name A Man Who Sews and why? <laughs> why that? Uh, so my, my cousin, I was doing a lot of stuff with him, and he's a designer by nature like he's gone to school he's had a ton of jobs and stuff like that and i was hanging out with him a lot and he was the guy who i'm like oh yeah man i think this is cool i think this is cool you know all the stupid ideas that never make it out to public and he's like nah man you're just a man who sells and i was like that's it you know like <laughs> let's run that you know and i was like so i do it on some shirts and the, my the way my process was let me look up the domain and see if that's available the domain was available the instagram was available so i'm like you know what let's just run that and keep it simple you know it's like sometimes you gotta you can't overcomplicate something that doesn't need to be complicated i'm a man who sews i'm the only man here so you know it fits <laughs> agreed agreed totally and you so you started with upholstery which yep. is rad. Everybody go look at Elevate Barber um, on Instagram as well because you did his barber seat upholstery or his waiting yep. room upholstery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did two custom benches with that. Um, some of the red ones we actually did uh, a tribute to one of his barbers who passed away a few years ago from cancer. And we did a sew-in, uh, this sign of hand sewn in. And my buddy's like, man, this is amazing. Like, I didn't expect it. I was like, I didn't expect it either, but it came out good, <laughs> and I wouldn't let you down. <laughs> it came out of you organically, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And how how did you graduate? Well, how did you evolve? Mm -hmm. Not just um, doing upholstery, but into handbags and luggage, and because that's what I like. Follow yeah. you on Instagram and watch you making these things, and I'm yeah. Um, furniture was cool but it wasn't uh i'm the type of person i need to switch up like i said like i've always got to be doing something new different and just to keep them the mind not going numb and so i was doing a lot of uh custom headboards and it just became the same thing over and over again every day it's the same thing and i was like no you know what so i took some of the scraps that i had and I actually made a bag and i started just wearing it around I'm like oh man this is like really cool and i always like accessories i don't like uh i don't like dress up or anything like that like i just hate stuff in my pockets so i'm like okay i need a nice wallet and i need a good bag that's what i carry every day so i made that and um i love the process and i started of course with like the hardest thing which is a backpack my own design my own template you know it's like the hardest thing ever the hardest one <laughs> yeah because when you're sewing a lot of people don't understand you have to sew inside out so you don't get to see the product you see it backwards and inside out and i'm like oh my god this is like mind-blowing you know oh cool and so it's just kind of like transitioning from there. And I'm self-taught for the most part for bag making, pattern making, leather working, um, a lot of YouTube and a lot of answering questions. I'll, I'll bug people all day like, hey, how'd you do that? Or where'd you get this? <laughs> you know, like I just learned because you have to be inquisitive and take the initiative if you want to learn and grow. And, you know, I, I take pride in that. I, like I said, I really enjoy the process and <clears throat> starting from nothing with a, just a blank canvas, you know, and then you can put stuff together with your own two hands. There's no better feeling in the world, honestly. It's fascinating to listen to you talk, talk about doing things from the inside out. It's such a metaphor for your life. Everything comes from the inside out. Your artistry comes from the inside out. You don't yes. really know what's going to happen, but if it yep. comes from the, from the core, it's going to be beautiful regardless. 
That's it. And there's a lot of humbling experience with that as well, because you're working with something that's so delicate yourself, you know, included, and you just start to humble yourself with each step of the process. And honestly, that's why I said there, sewing is very therapeutic for me because I have a lot of time to not only analyze the product, but you're analyzing yourself. You know, you're, you have to realize that you need to humble yourself in order to grow yourself and be open to be vulnerable, to be, you know, sensitive and go through those hard times. And I can tell you, like, I've, I've learned a lot about myself through this process and I'm grateful for it more than just having a business and stuff like that. Like, like you said, it comes from the inside out and that's definitely what I've learned to, uh, to dive deeper in (laughs) during this process. I, I honor that because, um, I'm not a creative like that sense. Mm-hmm. So it just seems so challenging and so difficult to me. But when you, when you explain, okay, I'm sewing and I'm creating, it's, um, therapeutic, probably meditative. And oh, yeah. you kind of get to see, you get to birth this product. What are some of the, the most memorable or fulfilling products you've birthed recently? Mm, recently well first i'll say the, a, a backpack the first backpack i did of leather was for my buddy brian and that was very very uh fulfilling because i think i broke like 10 needles on my machine like i just reached a point where i was like oh my god is it me is it the materials you know stuff like that uh so i learned a lot but that was like a beautiful bag he still has it he's like dude i'm never selling this this is like an original classic so uh, i was one of those i also did what have i worked on recently um, the Louis Vuitton repurposed bag that I posted with the world handles and stuff like that. I actually sewed, hand sewed about 80% of that bag, um, because I didn't like the way that I was getting the results with the machine. So that was like very rewarding. Like at the end of it, I turned it inside out and I sent it to the customer. He goes, Oh my God, my mom cried. We just seen the bag. You know, it was like, that's what I live for because I hope in putting me putting in those hours of work and that the details and stuff like that, somebody has that reaction, you know, and it's, it's rewarding and fulfilling when you see the reaction, but then when you just get that phone call or the text, because nowadays, you know, like not everybody wants to meet in person, it's even that much more rewarding. I'm like, I can go back and like, ah, nice. So that was why, like, I really enjoyed that project. That was very uh, grueling per se too. (laughs) So was this a friend who took their mom's, old Louis Vuitton bag and brought it to you and was like, what can you do with this? Yeah. So he actually, yeah, he actually showed up to to the shop. This wasn't a friend, but we had came in contact through a mutual friend and uh, he goes, dude, I seen your work. I have to have something. So he drove down from Santa Ana and um, he brought like 10 bags. I was like, okay, like, do you want me to cut them all up? Cause I'm down. You know, <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of money on the table right there. So it was like, yeah, like Gucci he had the Louis and uh, we eventually settled for making a purse out of a Louis duffel bag. So it was like from the sixties or seventies. And, you know, obviously it had seen its run of life. And I was like, we could start with this one because it has the most usable surface area for what type of project you want to do. Cut it up. And, um, the process started from there and it took about like two, two and a half weeks to get it done, but so rewarding, so fulfilling. And, um, like I said, he called me and said his mom shed a tear because she had, she only had a picture reference. She never seen the bag in person. She never seen anything like that. She just said, I've always wanted this bag. So when she found out I made it and it was out of an old bag, she was like, you know, she was like, this is the most beautiful thing. 
<clears throat> so that was one of those uh, those moments <laughs> that I, I enjoyed. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm looking at, like, as you're talking about it, because we're in front of a computer, so I get yeah. to look at Instagram. So yeah, everything yeah. you're talking about, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, this is there. Yeah. And so, so when you do designs, I mean, do you have, like, what's the process? Do people come to you with an idea or, like, a piece of material or, like, just a bag, like, here? Or yeah. do you have kind of patterns that you work with? Like, for me, kind of like, well, so, like, I'm not a creative person, so I don't even... Like, I would love to buy your stuff, but I'm not even someone who would see something and be like, oh, this could be repurposed. I would just, yep. you know, I, I don't, my mind doesn't work like that. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah, like your approach, your creative approach and working with people. Yeah. So, I mean, it varies, right? Everybody, like you said, some people just come in with a, they're a blank canvas. They have a blank canvas, but they're the blank canvas as well. So first thing I always do is, you know, I start with, hey, what are you interested in? What are you going to use it for? How are you going to use it? You know, let's figure out a purpose. Let's just not make something just because everybody else has it. Let's make something that you're going to actually use, appreciate. And, you know, it could be anything. I've worked with all kinds of mediums. I've worked, I've cut up and made bags out of jeans and a dress. Like I told this kid, as, just as a challenge, just to show him what can be done. He gave me two pairs of jeans and a dress. And he said, can you make a bag out of this? I said, yeah. So I made the bag and the kid was like blown away. He goes, from two pairs of jeans and a dress, you made a full bag. And I said, yeah, that's that's the beauty of creative. You start from nothing and you make make whatever you want, right? So I have templates that I've made. All my templates are from scratch, like uh, just designs that I like. But also if you have a design that you like, we can work with that. I work with that as well because that purse, that was from scratch. Now, he just had a picture, no measurements, no nothing. He just showed up with a picture and a duffel bag and said, hey, can you make this? And I was like, Okay, this is uh we're starting from bare minimum here, but you know let's just make it work because like I said, I, I love to educate and I love to uh, just show the customer what's possible because <clears throat> I have a thousand options. Since I make everything from scratch, you have literally the possibilities are endless, and obviously it's it's endless in the sense of my capabilities, but it's endless because you know we're always learning and there's there's ways around everything. So. Um, it's just starting from there, you know, seeing what you want, the measurements, how you're going to use it. Every material possible is, is, you know, is, is usable from down to silk to, like I said, old jeans. Uh, I made my dad a backpack out of a Adidas jacket cause he le really loved the jacket. I'm like, okay, well the jacket is done now and you don't fit it. So let's cut it up and make it into something you can still wear on the daily. So it's everything, you know, and I think that's where the upcycling part comes into play because, I, a lot of my stuff actually comes from upcycled um, old upholstery projects, per se. Uh, I had a customer, brand new couch. They didn't like the color. So they said, oh, let's get rid of the material. This material literally hasn't been sat now. Literally fresh out the showroom. I'm not going to throw that away. That's a lot of material that is thrown away. And that's, that's very, to me, that's very wasteful. But I understand from a business side, like, okay, I can take the money and upholster this, give them that. But then I also have the side business where I could take that material and turn it into 45 other items. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. So you know, that's why I say everybody finds inspiration with anything. So you use a guy saying you're not creators in that sense. You are. Mm -hmm. You just got to have somebody to pull it out of you. <laughs> Man who sews. Like, for example, our dear audience, I have yeah. been thinking about Derek for a long period of time because I have old <laughs> horse tack. Uh, like halters, bridles, belts, girths, saddles, 
all sorts of different things that I refuse to let go of because they are very sentimental, but I will never fit in any of that. And my horses will never wear it again because they've been, it's, it's served its purpose, Yeah, um, but I've never gotten rid of it. And so those are some of the things that I'm going to bring to a man who sews. And, and it's reminding me of all these other projects I have around the house. So everybody who's doing their spring cleaning who, oh, yeah. or who wants to start afresh, but doesn't feel like putting things into a landfill consider how you can make a unique special gift for yourself or for someone else. Um, and you might not even know what the outcome is, right? Like maybe, maybe the mod cloth I have, um, isn't going to be a seat on my rocking chair. Maybe you think it's best suited for the liner of a coat or something mm -hmm. like a really long duster that I've been yeah. dreaming about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the, the point is like, you don't have to have the end game in mind to come to you, right, Derek? Like no. people can, can say, I have all these beautiful things, some sentimental, but in general, I just don't want to toss this into the landfill. Is there anything you can exactly. do for it? Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, honestly a lot of projects came about that. And also a lot of my customers, I tell them, oh yeah, I'm going to use it for this. Really? That's, that's just old trash. And I'm like, no, there's still a lot of life left in this because again, when you buy quality, quality goes a long way, right? Obviously the, the little cheap Ikea stuff isn't all that great. But when you buy the sentimental, you know, I, I've worked with a chair from the 1950s. This guy's dad gave it to him. His brother, him and his brother actually fought over the chair in the wheel. And he said, okay, well, we're all going to lose. I'm going to sell it. So I was like, uh, that's where I come in. I'll take that. you know. And I took off the material that was on there because it was still good. And I actually sold the chair, reupholstered it, and I kept the material. And I made a few bags out of that. So again, there's, there's always life to something, you know, and I'll be honest with you, some things don't and people want it to, but that's, you know, such as life. And we can make something work with that too, as best we can. Do you, um, like, let's pretend COVID didn't happen and we can connect in person. Do you ever yeah. go to people's houses and look around their house and be like, oh, I want to take this from you? So I have a very bad habit of looking at stuff and how it's, uh, how it can be repurposed or upcycled, you know? So, uh, uh the story I'll, I'll tell is like my girl, she goes to the stores and she's looking at everything and I'm like, so you want to go? I'm like, no, not really. Oh, just come with me. I'm like, all right. So I'm in the purse section, turning purses inside out, looking how it's designed and how it's put together. You know, I'm that weirdo in the store. I'm looking at the print. I'm looking at the furniture. Like, ah, oh, this is not a three hundred dollar chair. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> so I'm that guy. So I'm that. guilty when I go to your house. I'm definitely gonna look at your your upholstery to <laughs> see what's going on here. But yeah. that's just me, you know. Like I said, I'm a very hands on kind of guy. So that's that's what drives me. That's what keeps me going. You gave me a great idea. I have like a nine foot leather couch from Santa Fe, New Mexico, that my parents bought. Yeah. Ago, and yeah. I grew up on it. It has no life left. I yeah. have to spend a fortune getting it restuffed yep. and all that, all those things. And I'm like, yeah. man, maybe, maybe Derek can take it apart and yeah. use it for use. Cause it's, Something. I mean, it's nine feet, nine foot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might want that good stuff. And then and, oh, yeah. and on the other side of the pillows, it's like hand woven wool um, designs. And so, Jeez. I don't know. Make make things out of it. And yeah, yeah. I That's just all, it all handbags and wallets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll make a wallet for dad, a handbag yeah. for mom. Well, both my parents love duffel bags, and there's plenty oh, okay. you can make duffel bags. Out oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, you're so, you're inspiring me because I have the habit of 
going, okay, I want a new bag. And so then I go online and I buy a new bag from Anthropology or even if it comes in my cause box where it's supposed to be, you know, an ethically sourced, sustainably made bag. And then I go, wait a second, I've got a lovely gentleman with a lovely business in San Diego who can do this for me. And I just, I love the idea of how you were doing it on the side and all of a sudden you started to make more money on your side hustle than your regular job. If you don't mind me asking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where do you want this to go? I would love to grow this to be you know, obviously global, but not in a sense of, hey, I need a storefront in every country, right? For me, this is be honest. I have idea, I have other ideas I want to do as well, but for just the man who sews, I want to keep it custom, but I want I want it to be known. This is high quality items, honestly. That's that's all I could ever strive for. Um I actually have a cousin in Europe who's going to school in Europe. So I was like, hey, I gotta get some stuff over there. So I took some stuff and I actually bought some materials from over there. So it's just growing globally. I think that's, if anything I can, I want to do is just have more customers around the world. That, to me, that that's perfectly fine. I'm cool with that. Um, and I can sleep well knowing that, hey, I got custom, custom quality products out in the world. There's no better feeling than that. There's no better feeling. I agree. I have, my sister-in-law owns a boutique in London and I'm thinking to myself, Ooh, I bet a messenger bag or a few handbags would look so good in her window. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I in every country. Have... That's our goal. Man yeah, yeah, sews. Sure. Yeah, I am yeah. a man who sews in every country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal. Well, will you keep everything um, at this? We are fortunate that we get to see you in your habitat right now. Yeah. At your, yeah. At your studio. Do you want to, I got a tour of it, right? So I got to see see all of the product that you have. Are you wanting to, like, do you need to expand that space bigger or does that space suit you? So as of right now, the space works really well. Um, Last year, beginning of COVID, we got this space and not knowing COVID was going to, you know, be what it is. So I took the risk and moved all my stuff out of the garage and we quickly filled the space up um my buddy and i and honestly like without it my products wouldn't be able to be what they are now because of the growth that it forced me to do um but also i feel like it's still small enough where i don't feel overwhelmed and i don't just keep a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that's never going to get used because i've learned that i have like 20 bins of little scraps and tidbits and stuff like that that i want to use realistically it's going to take me a while to get to them so I don't want to have a bigger space where I can fill with more stuff and I can't get to the stuff that I really want to do and put used to it. You know, it was like, um, I've had, like I said, I have a bunch of machines, bunch of stuff, bunch of materials waiting, 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 waiting. And I don't want to put those on the back burner too long because like you said, how you're saying earlier, you just come in like, Oh, I'm feeling blue today. Let me just find all the blue stuff or I'm feeling this today. And so I want to keep that, keep that momentum going and keep that feeling going of not feeling overwhelmed, but having everything I need here. So I actually had to learn to stop buying stuff. Yeah, yeah right. Like there's a limit. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, I know you create custom things on demand for people and yes. when you come in and you work with them and collaborate with them to, to build a custom product, but you also obviously also make things on your own whenever you feel inspired. 
What inspires you? Do you wake up one day and go fuchsia or um, (laughs) herringbone? Like what, what happens in your daily life that inspires you to create? Um, so I think with like anything, right. You can't just turn it on when you want to, as much as we would love to say, Oh yeah, this is fool me. You just turn it on. Sometimes something will hit me, you know, two or three in the morning. I'm like, Oh, and I'll wake up like ready for the day to make, to try to make that. Um, but also sometimes just going back to the roots of just making something just for fun, trying new stuff and, you know, just keeping that innovativeness fresh and the creativeness fresh because that's, that's hard. Some days, you know, like my buddy, Brian, he gave me these couches and I was like, Oh yeah, can we make them? And so I'm like, do I really want to do that? No, but I'm going to learn something and I could potentially get out of my norm of what I was doing. So it's one of those things that you just got to embrace it day by day and just love the process. Once you learn to love what you do and enjoy, it just comes naturally. Like I don't even think about it anymore. (laughs) It just, well, yes. And I'm trying to make something more tactical than it probably needs to be. Do you dream dream about colors or is it Ah. um, texture or like what, what inspires you specifically? Mm. Or is it just the idea of a bag or a duffel versus a, a, a fanny pack or a purse? I think what inspires me, honestly, is just the variety of options, right? There's a million colors. I like to work with all of them. There's a million textures on stuff. That's why I keep a bunch of stuff on lock because you never know what's going to, like, drive you. Like I told you, I was showing you that stuff earlier. You know, I just had a random, oh, let me make some two-tone tote bags because a lot of people are making them, but they're making them in a certain way, and they all look the same. So let me throw my little twist on it and throw some crazy color combos together that I've never seen, but I think they look pretty cool. And, you know, that that's just what keeps me going, honestly. It's just like, what can I make today? Because that's why I keep a thousand options. So I'm not limited to just, oh man, blue. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. My colors for my logo, not my first choice at all. I told my cousin, well, who's my designer? Like I told you, he, I told him, hey, grays, blues, blacks. That's what I like. That's what I, that's what I want. So he sends me the blues. He sends me the gray, the black. He's like, oh yeah, those are cool. But I sent one in there and I was like, where is it at? So I scrolled all the way to the bottom. I was like, okay, that's the one. I don't even know what you just did, but that's the one. And he was like, really? You liked it? I said, I don't know what it is about that. That is not any of the colors I use. That is not anything I've ever seen before, but I like it and we're going to run with it. He goes, Dude, that was like the weirdest thing I've ever heard out of your mouth because you're so stuck on like the blues, the blacks, the grays, you know, (laughs) the dark stuff. So it's just one of those things that I've had to learn to appreciate all of them. Because like I said, if it was up to me, I'd wear black all day, blue or gray. That's it. But I've also learned like there's beauty in other colors. You know, like red is a beautiful color. What I Do I own anything red? No. But a lot of items I make are specifically chosen in red because I know that it pops and it looks good and it's just, it's not the norm, you know? Yeah, so I think for accessories too, to have color because I dress, well, except for today, I usually dress pretty plain, like, and like, you know, solid colors. And so I love having accessories Yeah, and they're so versatile. So I love having like fun colors and, oh, yeah. you know, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, like a lot of this, like you said, well, it's done by hand, whether it's hand sewn or with a machine, but it's by you. Right. How long does a project take you? I mean, I know it can vary with like, you know, you're talking about a couch 
or like a custom, like, you know, Louis duffel bag. Um, But just, you know, like some of the backpacks and some of the stuff that's featured on your website and Instagram, like, you know, if I was to put in an order, like what's the turnaround time? I always tell people, give me like two weeks at the minimum if I don't have a lot of stuff going on, Um, which I feel is fairly common in the custom. Sometimes it's even pretty quicker than a lot of other people. Um, I take pride in like not holding up somebody on a project. You know, I just don't want to feel like, hey, you just gave me you just gave me all your money and I'll get back to you in two months or three months. You know, I, I don't like that process. I don't I understand it because of scalability and stuff like that but i try to keep it very reasonable and i'm not taking on too much work to overwhelm myself with those time frames so like a standard backpack like i said does it take me two weeks no but i have a lot of other stuff going on well that's like nothing to me like am i thinking and especially and i wanted to ask too because i'm thinking you know people who don't know anything about this and they hear the word you think expensive and it takes forever yeah. <laughs> so to hear that, you know, it's like, I, I know we've talked before and I, I don't know the prices, but I know it's not yeah. like, like it's attainable. Maybe I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And I always tell people first question I'll, I'll ask first set of questions, right. Is what's your project, what's your budget and what's your ideal like price point for this? Because you have to be real with yourself and there's a bunch of different materials we can use to give you that. That's the, that's the thing. Like people are so stuck on, Oh, I have to have leather. Oh, I have to have this. But then when you hear the price, you're turned off because leather is not cheap. Even the higher quality, even some of the, like, uh, we're working with some material. It's called Pina Tex, um, which is a pineapple leather. It's made from the leaves of the pineapple, right? That's not cool. cheap. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I've so that, I mean, there's a, a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's coming up in the innovative textile, uh, textile world, but it's not cheap because it's the beginning stages of it. And we don't even know the quality of it. So when people say, oh, yeah, I want this. And okay, that's that's cool. But ideally, that budget is going to have to increase. And so I just try to meet everybody where their budget is at because I want to give you the product. I want a man who sells product out there. But I have to be we have we have to be real with each other. Custom, like you said, it can be very expensive. There's other customers out there who I know who paid thousands of dollars for something I know did not cost a thousands of dollars to make, but I get it, right? It's your name, your brand. That's, that's the beauty of it as well. So it's just, like I said, it's meeting people where they're at and understanding like, Hey, I'm not, I'm in the business to provide a living for myself as well. So if we can meet in that halfway point, by all means, you know, I'll, I'll give you the best I can. And I think that's where the education part of it comes into play. Because like you said, a lot of people come in, they don't understand the process. They don't understand the price points. And I'm honest. I'll show you the receipts. I do not care. that is, I am not about that. I am about to give you a quality product and just pay for my labor, pay for my time. That's it. You know, and I, I feel like that allows me to stand out from the rest because a lot of people want to be, oh, no, you know, you can't see this and da, da, da. I don't need to hide my sources. I don't need to hide any of that. I'll tell you where you can go and buy the product if you want, you know? Yeah, it's and like good luck to going me. to get it, making it yourself, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, you know, it's, and it's, it's only to educate and it's only to build the customer's knowledge upon that. And some people honestly like, man, I feel so overwhelmed with what you told me and I don't even know where to begin. And that's good. I get, you know, but it's also like, dude, just make a decision. It's, it's your product. <laughs> you can do it too. You know, if you went to the store, and they only had two items, which one are you going to choose? I could do that same thing for you. You know, I could give you 
I can dumb it down to two colors. I can give you 300 colors. So that's, that's just the beauty of the custom industry. And I think with accessories, like we said, you always want to have a statement piece. So that's where like, I'll just, you know, we'll sit down have a little interview, your colors, your palette. How do you normally dress? What do you want to use it for? Cause let's be real. It's like a tailor or it's like that getting that custom dress. It's the same concept with the custom accessory. I love that you said that um, because I, there is value in create co-creating this with you. And I feel like as a customer, I'd be well taken care of by you. Um, I don't feel intimidated. I don't feel scared. And I'm really stoked that you are transparent to your supply chain because not, like you said, you're not about that. You're not about hoarding the cards to your chest, keeping it to yourself. That's not where your value lies. Your your competitive advantage isn't hoarding the information. (laughs) It's like your natural skill and your vibe and your creativity. That's the added value. And I think that's really big lesson for businesses. I I've started over the years to not trust businesses that aren't open and honest about their supply chain and their process for this reason. You can make money while being open, honest, and transparent about all the parts. That's the beauty of it. And honestly, just as a, like, as your own moral compass, what more would you want to stand for as a business, especially with something like you're giving some, you want somebody to have a lifetime piece and you want somebody potentially to be a lifetime customer. That's my goal. You know, it was like, I, I love that, that they should go hand in hand. I'm not in competition with anybody but myself. And if you want to go to another brand, you want to go, please, by all means, at least now I feel I can educate that way. You're not going to be able to get ripped off in the future, potentially. Right. So that's, that's the best thing I, I stand for. And I, I love that people understand that concept and appreciate it as well, because sometimes you feel like, Oh man, I wonder if I, to that customer understand what I was going to. And then they'll call you like two days later. Hey, I'm ready to come through with that project. I'm like, okay, cool. Like they get it. <laughs> they just understand. Like it's, it's not about the money. You know, I think so many people get caught up in the money and I understand it because I used to be like that way as well, but it's the craft. It's the potential friendship that we can bond from as well. Like there's more to it than just the money aspect. And I tell people all the time, even fellow creators, if you have a question, please feel free to reach out, come to the shop, any way I can help out, I'm always willing to at least try to the best of my knowledge because I think that sells itself more than the brand. That's so generous because that's that social value that you're adding to our community. It's, yeah. um, you know, you're upcycling materials a lot of the yeah. time. So that's really good for the environment. Yeah. You're building social value with the community by inviting people into the Man Who Sews experience yeah. and telling yeah. them all about it and being available as a resource. Yeah. And the profit follows. The abundance yeah. comes to you. You attract yeah. it because you're not forcing, hoarding, um, or any of those those egotistical things that no longer, they don't serve us anymore, right? No. No. Maybe they did um, when we were young and we were learning how to learning about business and what it was and learning the word entrepreneur and going, what does yeah, that yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to really underline that point. It's very yeah. refreshing to see an authentic business owner who's like, yeah, this is me. This is what I do. Here's yeah. my space. I will share my knowledge and resources. Let's make a product together. Blah, 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 blah. There's no like, well, I don't know. I'll get back to you. Yeah. After I, <laughs> I don't know. I for need sure. to do research on the comps. Yeah. Get back to you. So thank yeah. you, Derek, for being such yeah. a, an open business owner and, and um working from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the 
the lesson I've learned, especially dealing with Tory projects as well. Like I told you guys, like I, I learned a lot from there and I wasn't even fully a part of it. So I could just only imagine everything else that comes from being around those type of people, other creatives, other business owners and stuff like that. that and that's what it's about is learning and growing from yourself, your business, your product, everything such as life. Yeah. I mean, we love Tory Project. We graduated and now we do business without being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Simple concepts, right? Simple concept. You're just a man who knows. That's all it is. You're just a man who That's it. Well, so much for being on here and sharing with us. I think this Thank is you. a really good time to wrap up with our three point landing or three key takeaways that you want our audience to remember from Amanda Sows. Uh, you let's create something as creative as you. That's that's number one right Woo. there. Definitely um, be a be a good person. That you know that's that's the thing, and always be willing to learn. Always be willing to learn. Everybody has something to offer you, whether you realize it now or later, or you know, ups and downs, trials and tribulations. Something, somebody always has something to offer you. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. I so appreciate many things that. I want to bring to you now. I'm like, now, now I'm like, I don't have any ideas. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's the thing. You just got to talk to the right people and have the right mindset. And, you know, there's endless possibilities. That's the beauty of it. I love it. You're going to be so much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, send it, Jessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code Orion10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy!